Right, so this is episode 69 then, and we've had to redo this intro because um, Pete made me laugh already. So um, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. And yeah, um, the last episode got quite emotional in the end, which was just completely sort of out of the blue, and I didn't see it coming. And I kind of thought about it for quite a while afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't I, obviously I didn't just stop recording and forget about that and go on about my day. Do you know what I mean? I kind of reflected on that for quite a while and i think it, it what occurred to me was and uh, this will be most relevant for a, the, people who've watched my youtube videos which I'd, i imagine a lot of the people who listen to the podcast have um sure. and i think it, i can't remember which video it was now but it was one of the very early ones where i uh, i effectively started uh, getting really emotional effectively like started crying and i kind of stopped myself do you know what i mean and i think whatever was trying to come out at that moment i kind of ceased do you know what i mean because i was like let's just you know i I want to kind of make the point that i want to make and i don't want to be well beaten by that in that context anyway in that instance but i think then what happened as a result of that was i was on such a such a mission do you know what i mean at that point um i mean not only was I getting that house sorted and everything, which people know again if they watch those videos, which was a massive stress um at that point in my life. But I was also dealing with the whole excitement of, you know, Twitter and connecting with the fans and making YouTube videos and actually people watching them and connecting with them and sending me messages and that and feeling part of a community. Do you know what I mean? Getting caught up in that groundswell and um just loving that. I think kept a lot of those emotions in and then it was interesting when just that just a little comment that he said about uh i think being a broken man i think that was the one where that it just so it resonated back at me do you know what i mean in a sense where i'd never it's not like i never really thought about it like that but it was hearing it said back to you yeah and realizing that someone else sees it do you know what i mean and i don't know i suppose that might sound like a a, a, a bizarre thing to say with the amount of love that comes back at us but there's something very different when you hear it actually you know from someone's mouth do you know what i mean i, I don't know that but it was almost like anyway the, the long-winded point i'm making is like what he said put me back in that room making that youtube video when i managed to stop myself kind of really sort of getting emotional about it and mm. it, you know it, it, it kind of put me right back there in that moment which were interesting i thought wow. and obviously in that instance it were uh, it was like, well, like I said, it was just, it was just all quite overwhelming, but it, you know, in a really, in a, in a nice sort of, what's the word, like letting go all almost way. Do you know what I mean? Like it, everyone, everyone appreciates knowing that they're not the only one that feels like something. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if that might be what people connect with, with me because um, I don't know. I'm quite, I, I'm quite free in the fact that I express what I would consider to be, do you know what I mean? Like weaknesses or whatever. I don't know. Perhaps I'm being a bit long winded about this now. Um, so yeah, it kind of put me right back in that room and it just made, it was like an instant concentrated dose of everything that this has been. And I think that was interesting. What you said, Pete, as well. when you said, I think no one's ever said that before like like that guy said it and as i say that in that one moment rather than being distracted by all the all the things that make up this process you know the social media the just even looking at my life through a different lens i mean all the things that were going on it was hard to ever take stock and 
I suppose, under, I suppose as much as anything, understand the change. And I think that's what that comment did. It, 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 like I say, in a really concentrated single shot dose, put everything into perspective and context, I suppose. And I can't even remember the, the, the lad's name now. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, Is you know, Rob or Bob. In either way, I mean, you know, hearing anyone being really positive always, you know, can make you like get emotional about it. But, well, I think what I liked about it was I know you refer sometimes to uh, your ability to push things or push things away as your secretary. Uh, and I just like the fact that your secretary, uh, so to speak, opened the door for this one and said, now that you've finished these gigs and now that you've accomplished all this stuff, I'm going to go ahead and allow this and let's go all the way back to the beginning. But now I want you to f- experience that knowing and feeling everything that you felt over the past couple of years. And for me, I thought that was kind of cool because it it was like, while that took you straight back, you have a, such a different outlook now that, uh, you know, it's a much better time to be back in that situation. So, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, that's a fascinating way of looking at it. And I think you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right in that sense. Um, and what I think as much as OP, to be honest, it were, it were probably your company that, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's really difficult to know like how, how I would have reacted in different circumstances hearing that, but no, I think it'd have probably got me. I'd have just walked off somewhere else if it wasn't someone I was comfortable with. Do you know sure. what I mean? I'd have just been like, oh, I'm out of here just for um, no reason at all. I'm gone. Bye. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> um, but I guess in that moment, it would just, I don't know. Um, well, for what it's worth, I've had a lot of people reach out to me after that and say, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, and same same here, mate. I've had loads of messages with people saying that very same thing. And that's that is an amazing thing. And I I've never had the ability to sit there and think that I inspire people, but when the amount of people who sort of say, um, you help me in my life or whatever, not just when you were younger and making the music that you made, but like now when you're in the position that you are sort of reflecting on it in the way that you are and talking as openly about things that affect you and you know, the, the things that affect me too. That's a, that's a really special, that's a really special thing. And I don't know whether I did, you know, like I'm not saying that I get sort of praise for it, but a lot of people do really sort of respond to how open I am. I think, um, but I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've honestly, I've honestly never found that hard. I've never found that hard. And to be honest, it's got me in trouble my whole fucking life. <laughs> and you know what the difference is here is that like all you guys who are listening to this respect me. Do you know what I mean? And I suppose I've matured quite a bit as well to a degree, but like, I don't have the, I, I, I don't have a problem talking as deep as the ocean with anyone and it don't even matter how much I kind of know them in that sense. And like I say, that gets me in trouble. And, um, this is, that's why this podcast is just perfect for me in that sense. As much as, as much as like in the, as much as early on, I fought with the idea of, well, you know, what, what, you know, it's sort of really egotistical doing your own podcast. You know what I mean? What have you got to bloody say? But, you know, the more that you, I fought against that and you just think, well, at the end of the day, I just fucking enjoy chatting with Fletch and we have a laugh as much as anything. And, you know, if even a couple of hundred people enjoy listening to that, then whatever. But, yeah, um, the, you know, the, it's just it, people have said to me, it seems to be therapeutic when you talk on your videos and on your podcast. And 
I don't know. I guess it. I guess it is, and I do. I have come to conclusions through just talking like this that you think, oh, you know, that's literally never occurred to me. You know, you you saying that earlier in regards to maybe it was just, you know, the right time for them sort of emotions to come out or whatever. Um, because it's 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 fascinating, and that's something I was trying to articulate last night after after those comments you played was um, I. I worried for a long time about actually being able to get on the stage. You know what I mean? In terms of like the, when we came on stage and how much like love came back at us just in that one moment. And then I, I didn't know if that would be too much for me, but I was, I probably like I described the other night so much on a mission oh, yeah. in that regard that it just, that didn't really affect me. I don't think so. And all the rest of the time, you know, I've been, when it all started blowing up and that, I was thinking, I just, I want to make music again, man. Do you know what I mean? And if if people, if there are people who appreciate my music still, then I'll fucking make music. I've got, you know what I mean? And like that, that just grew in me and that took over any fears or um, like confidence issues or anything. Because that's always been something that if I can grab hold of a germ of hope or like anything that's I find engaging. I can build on it, do you know what I mean? And I can build on it really fast. And that's what everything was in reconnecting with the music and reconnecting with the music fan base. And then, you know, thinking, well, I want to carry on making music. And that, do you know what? Like that was one of the hardest things about the music breaking up was having no real... Re- <laughs> this is hard to explain. This is really, really fucking hard to explain. But it was like having no reason to make music and as much as i'm compelled to it and compelled to do it and born to do it there has to be some sort of reason and especially when your love has been killed off for it do you know what i mean through the circumstances we went through and um i can't the kind of the breakdown of the band as well in the confused way that that happened where we all went separate ways thinking different thinking the wrong things thinking incorrect things about what the others were thinking do you know what i mean and then never never spoke about it but the, one of the hardest things was just like um oh christ it's fucking difficult to explain this but like i say having no legitimate reason to make music or you know, i went through my entire youth from like 16 having a real like fucking mission from the stars do you know what i mean to make fucking music like a burning fucking fire yeah. So, and as a result of that, because I had that compelled to do it, and we 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 started the band, and then all of a sudden, like four kids who were kind of felt lost, all of a sudden, we're just like we've fucking got a, like a purpose here, and not not just like any purpose. This is really special. And yeah. well, when you sign to when when you sign to a record label, you, you, your job is to make music. When you're not, and that looks really difficult to achieve it becomes apparent that everyone thinks you should go and do something else. So suddenly the thing that you were meant to do and everyone thought was the most amazing thing for you, suddenly like, well, losing that purpose. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to say having that purpose taken away from me because I don't think that's right anymore. I mean, that purpose um, diminished as a collective thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've always just had such an intensity about me. And I've always needed an outlet for that. And the band was that outlet. Do you know what I mean? Playing guitar was that outlet. And then when the band finished and 
I I didn't have the well probably maturity and the harness to my own drive back then. I did for an, a a degree, and there are all the songs that are on YouTube. They're my demos that I did, but certain things just happened that I just, I've spoken about before. I literally woke up and I was just like, I'd, I'm not. I, do you know what I mean? I, well, I just got to a point where I thought I can't, can I? Because what's the realistic? What's the chances of me actually continuing to make a living from this? Mm. And if and not being funny, I'm not trying to look at it cold. But if I can't at this point, if I can't make a living from it, then I, I've got to go fucking do. I've got to go try and do something else. Of course, do you know what I mean. And having that dilemma without the support of like the entire support network that you've relied on for so many years. And again, that's not blaming anyone. It's no one's fault, but sure. it is the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? And it's I deal with it very differently now. But I mean, we are talking eleven years ago, and I think there's a massive difference between even twenty eight and thirty eight. You know, you think there's a difference between twenty one and thirty one. You know, do you think you're bloody grown or whatever? And then you get from twenty eight to thirty eight, and you're like, Jesus Christ, do you want, I want even much better than eighteen at twenty eight. <laughs> do you know what I mean? In terms of my ability uh, to totally. process stuff or behavior or relationship management or just understanding of life in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm so not think as old I'd, as you, so I don't know, but I, I mean, I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've done it again with these episodes, you know, but I suppose the point I, I've done it again, where I've changed the subjects, what we're going to talk about. But that, I guess that is the point is in that I'm just kind of reflecting on quite a lot of stuff there. And it's made me go back and think about stuff that I guess I ain't dealt with. And I mean, probably a lot of it I still aren't dealt with, but, Anyway, I think that it comes a point where I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want this episode to be like this. So we'll see how it goes. But fucking hell, give me, give me a sec, give me a sec. But yeah, um, you know, getting back to getting back to more sort of celebrating everything and not reflecting on that side of it. Although it's not all, you know, like I said before, it's not all positive and that. But uh, I've been, I've really been enjoying going through the photographs that Anthony Harrison is um, the talk on the night at Temple News. I mean, so the ones I'm putting on Twitter and Instagram. God, there's loads of them, and they're absolutely amazing. And they're so good. <laughs> That's a new, that's a new one. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's some amazing photographs and I just, I love the moments he's captured. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the moments where we come out of the dressing room and we're just gathering his thoughts in front of the dressing room just before we're going on stage. Yeah. Um, those photographs he's got there, it, it's just brilliant. I'm so pleased that that happened and we've got that documented. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing photos, man. All of them. Like the first ones you started sharing, I was like, oh, these are some good shots up front. But yeah, the candid stuff, the, I mean, so many, the silhouettes. I mean, there's, I'm sure you even have more, but my goodness, so far, there's been so many. Like I, I heard one person mention, uh, oh, man, you should put out a live album and have like all these pictures in the album. I was like, wow, that's actually a brilliant idea. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, there's there's tons of amazing photographs. Absolutely tons. I get proper giddy with them. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I've just been putting them all over Twitter and stuff. But I don't know, like, um, the fucking, you know, it's, I'm really proud of it. And I like reliving it, even if it's just putting photos out for people to see and that. And I, I, like I said, it's all I like sharing stuff that I'm buzzing about. And you're like, oh, shit, man, check out these pictures. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are some really great pictures. And it, it you know, it did, it did remind me of, I mean, I suppose whenever we've gone on stage, yeah, there's always probably a, a common process that we've all always done. But 
I don't know. Obviously, it were different this time. I mean, Barry Lands were, were one. It, it, they, were, they were very different in that regard. And I don't know what made them different. Do you know what I mean? Especially when there's only two shows, not like when it's a tour. Yeah. And I don't know. There's, I suppose, well, there's more shows to pick from, I suppose, and to, to, to extract memories from. But I suppose when everything's focused in on just what has essentially been two days, I suppose, um, it's fascinating how much there is to draw on in terms of like, you know, all the context around it and everything and giving that relevance and stuff. Yeah. I think, I think the, the main thing was like how calm we all were like as much as we've all been threatening individually in our own ways and, you know, occasionally sort of, you know, voice notes or messages between us going, uh, is it just me that's absolutely fucking shitting myself? And then someone <laughs> someone else going, no, I'm shitting myself too. I'm shitting myself. I, all right, right, right. And then someone else will go, I'm shitting myself as well. You're like, all right, fucking hell. So we're all shitting ourselves. Right, all right. Well, that, that's all right. That makes me feel better now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Any, anyone not shitting themselves yet? No. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. Because so am I still. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. But then as soon as, like, especially at Leeds, we were just fucking really calm, really calm. And, Oh yeah, when you guys walked out on the stage at Temple Newsom, there was a bit of a I won't use the word strut, but there was definitely like uh <laughs> like you know, and then the crowd just like the crowd, the music's playing, you know. Uh the, before the Matrix part even came in, you guys started to walk out and then all of a sudden like the whole place just started getting crazy. So, yeah, and I was yeah. looking at you guys going, "Oh, look, they definitely feel I didn't se- I didn't sense nervousness." Well, I, I suppose it was a bit like Barrowlands. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this at the time on the Barrowlands episode, um, but there's there's some curtains near where the dressing room is and you can kind of peek out of them and see how full the room is. And for quite a while, it didn't look very full in Barrowlands. Do you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh God, I don't know. I hope it's not. I'm sure it's sold out. <laughs> and then you think, well, everyone must be in the bar or somewhere. And lo and yep. behold, they were. But it was the same thing at Leeds, sort of peering out into the crowd and you're like, oh God, it looks a bit thin on ground out there. And I, I, we were, um, to, so if you're looking at the stage, we were just to the left of the stage. That's where the dressing room area was. And there were like, um, these screens that we were behind and I just kept walking and you could see directly on the stage and see out into the crowd and that. And yeah, it did, uh, that was another time where you're like, God, is it going to fill up properly? And it was interesting because jumping forward a bit, but as soon as we come off stage, I don't know, did I mention this? I don't know if I mentioned this. Stop me if I did, Pete. But as soon as we come off stage, Tim just kind of looked at, us and we're just like fuck it that were amazing absolutely we were all a bit like in shock and then tim just sort of sat down on sofa and he just looked at us and he went you know what like i have had the most fucking terrible nightmare for the past few nights of and previously of just us like playing in the field to fucking no one just to me just to me stood out in middle of the field checking my head going oh no god do you know what i mean and it was funny because Stu sort of span around and went but i've had like a a really, really similar bloody dream. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And just for it to go as well as it did, but we are jumping a bit forward. But yeah, that collective buzz that we get, and I think we're all like, I don't know, we've we've been in our own bubble for so long. But what was really interesting was some of the crew who I've not worked with before, you know, we were talking about being in a band and that and working on the road and that. And he just sort of said, well, it's, it's easy with someone like yourselves. And you're like, what do you mean? And you're like, well, professionals who know what they're doing who, who get on with it do you know what i mean <laughs> didn't say he didn't say that's not verbatim but that's essentially what he was saying do you know yeah. what i mean and it's just like all right do other people piss about and you know you just get looks as if to say what <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean you lads can play 
and you fucking just you step up and you play and there's no bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It's not like some people who can't fucking play and it's an absolute disaster trying to get a show together. You guys just fucking nail it. So yeah, we um that's been that's always been our buzz. It's just doing what we do and just watching people go, oh my God. And even the future sound lot when we came off stage and walked back to the dressing room, all the production crew and all those sorts of people, right? And you have to understand at gigs like this, everyone works so frigging hard in those offices. They don't they they, they don't go they don't watch the bands. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When the bands are on, it's probably when the you know, dealing with the next bloody crisis. And then as soon as they can, they'll sit down and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to move again. But, you know, they were all fucking outside at stage watching it. And, you know, when everyone, it was just amazing that night. Absolutely. I, you know, that, that was sinking for a long time. And I suppose in the same way that, um, you know, the all the place that I put myself in or whatever, that the difference hasn't sunk in for a long time as to, what I'm like now, I suppose, or even what life's like now, or I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably just waffling shit again, but the beauty (laughs) is I pay all the subs and stuff and fees on this podcast, so I can (laughs) chat as much shit as I want, generally. Get to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you are armed with loads more clips, aren't you? Uh, Let's think about things. Um, I mean, let's let's generally think about things, because I don't just want to, I honestly don't want to... all right. Well, let me ask you one then. You, you guys walk out and you see that crowd, which was a pretty substantial crowd. Like we were watching it from the back initially and there was a bunch of patrons in the back. Uh, and we were like, well, we're definitely going to go up front. But uh, we, we were chilling for a while in the back. And then we were looking at all the people that were way in the way back. And we were like, these people are all going to move up. And sure enough, as soon as it started getting closer and closer to eight, that you know, crap, that whole field that was completely like spread out. It just became this concentrated mosh pit of people that were just, you know, and yeah. So that, what did it look like from your perspective to see that? It's fucking insane. Fucking insane. Hey, I've seen shit like that before, but never really not. I mean, have we, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've played some amazing crowds in Japan to our own crowds. But yeah. usually when you're playing to crowds that big, it's um, often as, you know, in support. I mean, yeah, I mean, you say that, I'm trying to think back. Because, like, you know, that was about 10,000 people at a Temple Newsom. And I think, I don't think, well, I mean, we've never played to a crowd like that. Regardless of wherever we've been, we've never played to a crowd like that because that was 10,000 people in our hometown do you know what I mean? Who yeah. have been waiting God knows how many years to see us again and in that environment with all the build-up that it's had. And it was amazing. The reception we got was amazing. And, you know, I don't know what to say, really. It was absolutely incredible. And we'll have to get some of the other lads on to to see their thoughts on it, really. And in terms of how much it exceeded their expectations of what it was actually going to be like, because as well as Tim dreaming about being in a big stage with no one in bloody field, <laughs> like I had my own dreams of me. I were like, well, because yeah, I mean, I, for a long time when this got announced, I allowed a certain level of expectation to build in my mind about what it was going to be yeah. like, Do you know what I mean? And how many people were going to be there and what that was actually going to be like. And, where the stage was going to be on the site and how big the stage was going to be. And I think in the furore of everything being announced, um, I kind of just accepted the image that I had of that. And then over time, uh, probably my mind being what it is, just started to chip away at it to the point where I'm sat there thinking, well, you know, 
this open, it might just be some shitty little stage, do you know what I mean? In the corner of some bloody arts and crafts fair or something <laughs> like that, do you know what I mean? So that was a real fear for me. I just didn't realise it was going to be actually on the scale that it was. And yeah. yet when we actually got to the day and, you know, saw it all, that never crossed my mind. Do you know what I mean? I never once thought, oh, yes, it's not It's not a tin pot little tiny thing. Do you know what I mean? I just instantly accepted it. Yeah, and we're like, right, let's you know where we're going. Let's let's see it. Let's crack on. Let's have a sound check. That's it. As long as you've had a sound check and you're like, yeah, right, I'm happy with how you know the fact I can hear everything in this environment. Then you're generally happy. Then and then there's just a lot of time to kill, a lot of time to kill. But I loved it, me, because it was just spending what I describe as absolute quality time with them four and Tim and Tony, and that was a, a pleasure and an absolute privilege. And it's something we'll get onto in a, a, a later episode because like going back and even talking about pre-production rehearsals and stuff and practicing effectively and what what all that were like. Yeah. And actually doing that properly because that were brilliant. I absolutely fucking loved that. That were that were like an awakening for me, that in so many ways. Um and I took a lot from it. Took a lot from it. And then obviously like these gigs and how well they've gone and the amount of love that has come out sort of again, I've taken a hell of a lot from that as well. And, you know, we did first live stream since the gigs the other night and that was fucking brilliant. I loved it. And the Lord's patrons in and they came up with more ideas and instantly I'm like, yeah, I've got another song going here. So it's just a case of <laughs> case of getting back into that routine and writing more songs now. Um, nice. So during Temple Newsom, did everything go smoothly? Like I know there's so many things to put together, you know, whether it's backing tracks, whether it's, you know, in-ear monitors and, and timing was, were there any things uh, that, that used to, that stood out that you're like, oh, this worked or this didn't work? Nothing went wrong, technically. Um, apart from at Barrowlands, uh, when Stu's bass cut out for was like 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, which was a bit of a pain. But yeah. other than that, um nothing went wrong technically which were amazing so that side of it was absolutely perfect and that ran like clockwork and that's something that i kept saying to everyone afterwards all the crew and stuff out you know like just like well done thank you do you know what i mean because everything went perfect do you know what i mean like the front the, the front of house the sound was absolutely amazing um you know for obviously from what i've been told and stuff uh, by numerous accounts the lights obviously were absolutely off the scale do you know what I mean? So everything went perfect in that regard. But it's interesting, actually, and I'm not going to get into this too much because I, I don't know how much is word of mouth and how much is true, although some of it's true. But um, it turns out, and this is not the, the first, I'll caveat this, with this is nothing to do with us. Like, we haven't done anything personally in this instance. But it turned out, because of our lighting rig, like all our, you know, posh lights that we brought in, um, that had meant that certain adaptations had to be made to like the stage and that and it turned out that the cribs as a result couldn't get their extra lights in <laughs> so I, th- I think that uh i think that turned into a bit of um uh a bit of a a bit of a problem i think i don't know whether, you know i think it got sorted but you know it was just like our tour manager were like look it, no one's done anything deliberately here this is just one of them things and it's the it's the sort of on on site rigging crew that have done it like that, but it were a case of no could be done about it by then. So yeah. that didn't go down well. And um, yeah, and that's the other thing as well. And then, so there was that, there was a, that in the background going on that they weren't happy, or their crew anyway, weren't happy that they couldn't get their lights sorted, which we were very apologetic about, apparently. I wasn't involved, but you know, it's not to do with me. It's literally nothing to do with me. 
Do you know what I mean? You have to understand at this point, you've got tour managers, production managers, you've got crew, rigging crew involved. At some point, a decision has been made logistically for a reason. It's not like we've sat there and gone here, do you know what? Let's make sure they can't get their lights up. Fucking <laughs> hell, how funny would that be? Do you know what I mean? It's nothing like that. It's nothing fucking like, like I could care fucking less. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's nothing like that in that regard at all. But yeah, and then apparently they were saying something about us being in a battle of the bands with him. Awesome, and I'm just like, what? What's what? They weren't at Bright Young Things. Yeah, fucking, I've no idea. I've no idea. Well, this anyway. is news to you. I I didn't get to tell you this yet, but I actually got to meet the Cribs after the show, and I captured a sound clip from them. wankers. That's what they say. wankers. That's what they said. I was like, wow, okay. I like. I love the fact that I'd like. I know you enough to, as soon as you start something like that, I just, oh, he's joking here. Let's just wait for the punchline. Wait for the punchline. Wait, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm sure it was all in good nature anyway. But I, like, I've got no fucking memory of them. We've never played in the Battle of the Bands with them. We played one Battle of the Bands at Bright Young Things, and that were it. Like, yeah. what? But there's an element here, like, well, I'm sure if someone said that he said that I turned his amp down or something, and you have to, I'm like, I've never fucking met them. I fucking yeah. turned his fucking hand down. And yeah. that is so not my style right. in them days when I'd have just been stood in the corner shivering with fucking dyed purple hair. Do you know what I mean? Looking <laughs> like some sort of awkward weirdo. I wouldn't be going around fucking turning someone's hand down. Well, unless they turned my down. And at that point, I'd... yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, where oh. have we gone to here? We've gone about bloody technical issues at Bloody Temple News. Well, speaking of technical issues, I, I had a question for you. I noticed that you uh, you were using, uh, you, you talked a lot about the Stratocasters that you have, uh, but you definitely used a lot of the Les Paul. And so I was just wondering, because I thought you were going to use the Stratocaster more, and I was wondering maybe it's because the single coils maybe were too bright or something. Are you trying to sound like you know what you're talking about there? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I did. I did say, um, listen, like, you know, because you generally get so much more punch from the Les Paul humbuckers, uh, though some some argue that they lose something on the clean end. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I did for a long time think I was going to play the Strat on like literally the entire set. And I don't know, it just the more I was going to Iger and playing with it like all the while. I was thinking, yeah, I love it. It's light and my hip doesn't hurt and shit like that. And yeah. it's got a nice bite to it um, and all that sort of stuff. But all the while I was thinking, there's something missing. Mm. Something missing. And I'm trying all sorts of stuff. And I was sat there for a while with the Kemper thinking, well, you know, is it, is it if I've got a lot of work to do with this Kemper to get it to really sound right? And, and now we're having a lot of feedback issues because... Some single coils actually scream, they feed back a lot more than um, humbuckers. So I was having a lot of feedback issues. I think it were, I don't know whether it was Stu or did, or did I just come to the realization myself? But at one point, there was some voice somewhere that were like, why don't you just play the Les Paul? Not the <laughs> second one, because this is it. Like, oh, don't want to get into this too much, but the, the two Les Pauls I've got, they're very different, even though they're both deluxes and the both gold top deluxes they play and sound incredibly different and when even twitter and everything kicked back off and i fell back in love with the band it wasn't the 72 that i picked up now the 72 was always my main one um for some reason i picked up the 71 and i was like well i'll play this one instead hmm. which i and i adored it and loved it and whatever but then i sort of fell in love with that strat 
and I was like, yeah, I'd like to play at the start of the gigs. But then for whatever reason, I can't remember now, I took the proper, I took the 72 to rehearsals with the Kemper and I played that and straight away I was like, oh, you know that thing that I thought we're missing? This is it. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just thought this is the thing I've been missing. Yeah, just trying to think. Yeah, it's, it feels amazing. It's gorgeous to play. I do love playing strats now. They do play very different. Although I love playing Les Pauls as well. Yeah. I fucking just love playing. I just love playing guitar, man. What can I say? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, as soon as I started playing that, I was like, oh, shit. Yes, this is it. That This is that fucking... I've got to believe in it, man. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like not... I've got to believe in my sound. I've got to believe in the singer when he's fucking singing. I've got to believe in what Stu's doing. I've got to love and believe in what everyone's doing. And if I don't in any one bit of it, then I haven't it. Do you know what I mean? And so to, to not have the guitar sound like how it should and not quite understand why, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, because you haven't done something for so long, you forget the simple, the simple things that make it what it is. Yeah, the simple things that make it good and you start trying to change stuff and you know all I fucking need is me and that guitar mm -hmm. you know I could get away with it on any guitar but to really do what I, you know to really play with the sort of confidence and the, the flow and the thread that I play with it's that fucking guitar for them songs and it just you know because it just it's got it's got a sound that's just oh yeah well, yeah, I don't know the difference between a coil and a humbucker. So thanks to Charlie Colston for trying to make me sound smart with that question. But uh, I will say uh, seeing that gold guitar, the Les Paul live uh, was for me an experience. And I was so glad that you brought it because as dirty as it was and old, it just was like, you know, that is like, to me, that is the maker of so many amazing songs that's been there for the through the ride. And uh, it was so cool to actually see that live. So yeah, I was glad it was there. Yeah, man, and that's something I probably take for granted and have taken for granted just how beautiful that gold top is with oh, all yeah. its patina, with all its patina and the wear and like the it. There's it so much of me in that guitar, and I probably do go on about that guitar too much, but I, you know, like honestly, there were there were times during oh, I hate fucking saying this, but there were times during that ten year period again where I wasn't connected with any of it, where I looked at that like it were worthless. <laughs> Oh, seriously, man. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I'd sell it. Do you know what I mean? I'd sell it for a couple of grand or whatever. And I just, I, I can't. There was sort of, tell you what, right? I've had offers for a lot of my equipment over the years. And I don't know what this says, but I've had offers for a lot of my equipment over the years. And every time I've had one, there's been someone that said, no, don't sell any of it. Mm. Don't fucking sell any of it. And I'm like, why? You're like, don't, don't matter why. Just all you need to know now is don't sell any of it. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? And as a result, look where we are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, you know, looking at that guitar again in a whole new light. It's like, I don't know, it's like fucking prehistoric, man, or something. It's literally like it's some sort of living fossil and you look at shiny new guitars and you're just like, oh, God, look at you. But then, you know, I, you know I've got that fucking Strat, which I did play. I did play the, the new Strat that I've got on No Danger and I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. uh, sounds amazing. Yeah, I think I said on the live stream that, I was really excited about playing that strat on No Danger, um, you know, getting creative with the tremolo arm and doing those dives and that, which I think it really worked. And then as soon as he gave it to me at Barrowlands, I was just like, oh shit, fucking hell, I'm pissing sweat everywhere here. And I just completely drenched that guitar. All the fucking hardware, man. It's all and I oh, meant yeah. to say, I meant to say to Tom afterwards, oh shit, wipe, wipe that strat down, otherwise all the hardware will go bloody manky. And I forgot to, so it's all, you know, I've had to bloody do some right work on that to get it back to showroom standard. But then you've got that Les Paul that 
it just absorbs. I mean, like honestly, I've looked down at that guitar sometimes and just thought, I'm going to get fucking electrocuted here. It's, it's absolutely soaked in not only my sweat, there'll be times when it's soaked in beer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And blood and all. And that it just seems to absorb it all. And then you open it the next day and it's like, oh, and it's still shining with this fucking gold and reflective hue that just comes back at you with such majesty. And you're just like, oh my God, look at the fucking state of you. It's like you've been fucking buried. And someone's performed some sort of some sort of um, fucking rites with you or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And it's just been dug out. It just fucking looks so cool, that guitar. Honestly, shining. I buzz off the it blood, so much. Sweat and tears. <laughs> well, that's it. I just fucking absorbs it. Honestly, I've never. No, no one's ever cleaned that guitar. Do you know what I mean? He just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you'd actually try and clean on it. What the chunk are you going to clean where the chunks are or the big cracks and stuff like that or where the finish used to be? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's big gouges out of the back of the neck and shit. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. you're running up back at neck, you can feel them. And I don't know, but it's just got so much character. And I think the soul of this band is like in that guitar. Do you know what I mean? And like the, Agreed. the, the root of my playing, I think, because there's so many guitars, there's so many guitars where I play my wrists and I play them like I play them. And I'm like, I can tell it's me playing that riff, but not quite right. Whereas as soon as you put it on that guitar, you're just like, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? That <laughs> That is what I get off on in terms of a guitar sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I still have a couple of clips here and there. Uh, I did talk to it, and I, I'm, I'm kind of mad because I was talking to so many people. I just didn't have the wherewithal to actually whip out my recorder and capture, but I did capture a couple of other ones, and uh, I was talking to uh, Andy Ems and to Hair Foley, and I was like, uh, and Andy was trying to come up with the right words. He's like, oh, wait, and he kept trying a couple of things, and he was trying to figure out like what he wanted to say about the music because you know you guys mean so much to him, and, uh, and then Hair Foley just leaned into the mic and said this. Why do you like the music? Because we're one of the greatest bands that was out there, way back in the day. Four young lads that just wanted to play music for the people. There you go, simple. And they're here today. <laughs> just simple. I don't know if you know Hair Foley. Man, man of a few words, but uh, he's... Uh... Oh, no, he's a great guy, man. If an absolutely great guy and shows me a lot of support on Twitter. And, and then, yeah, literally after every episode, he'll sort of almost like respond to almost every point in the episode that I make. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's always, it's always an interesting read. But yeah, man, no, I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of respect for him, man. Um, and yeah, that he, he hit the nail on the head there, I suppose, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Perfectly. <laughs> I have to admit to you, do you remember the other day when I was uh, playing one and that one guy was talking about the master plan? You know, and he um, was the, the guy was oh, like, yeah. uh, Get to fuck. that guy, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Guy, when he's like, the master plan, fuck off. <laughs> well, anyway, that guy, uh, I, I thought when he was saying the master plan that this was some sort of industry term for, uh, like regular albums. <laughs> I had no idea until just like yesterday that the master plan was actually an album of B-sides. Did not know that. So yeah, that was an educational moment for me, but I did catch some other stuff from <laughs> from that guy. Uh he he doesn't think you guys are famous. To be honest though, if you're not really if you're not into Oasis, you wouldn't know, would you? Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, so I won't feel too guilty about that, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he doesn't seem to think that this is the end. Here's what he had to say about it. This is not going to be it because I was at the last dance at Brixton Academy in 2011, and here we are tonight, dancing again, and we'll be dancing again in 10 years. <laughs> Music. <laughs> here you go, man. So apparently, it's not the last thing. Would you like to respond to that? Well, I mean, like I said, man, I think we all look, I think we all enjoyed it so much. I think it would be stupid to think that any of us don't want to do that again. We don't know when and we don't know where. 
But yeah. I think it will be I think it will be stupid for anyone to assume that we don't want to do that again. I mean, that's not the same as um, you know, reforming and making records and stuff like that. That you know what I mean? That that's a that's an entirely different thing. But in terms of will we ever play again like that, yeah, man, fucking we better do. It's we better it, do, man. Well, it's almost as if you knew my second clip. Because <laughs> that was the next question so, or or the next suggestion. Here we go. <laughs> I just wish they'd fucking get in a room and there's unfinished business. I anything? Get in a room and see what happens, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's what a lot of people think. Um, oh, that's a really, really hard thing to to answer in any kind of nutshell. Um, get in a room and see what happens. Uh, well. Do you know what? It's like we don't even really need to. Yeah. Like with this fucking 16 or so absolute banging tracks that just like, come on, just release those. It'd go nuts. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But I there's not there's not there's there isn't just me in this band. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I know that I'm the most visible one probably, and I'm the one that uh, engages with our history as much as I do. Um just because I love it. And it's, it was always the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my life. And then it disappeared. And when it came back, do you think I'm going to fucking let it go? <laughs> I don't. Get to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. I can't help it. I'm just, I'm compelled by unseen forces, me. I wish I could fucking see him sometimes. But yeah, like I say, um, I, I like, I, I do any of it, me. Like, do you know what I mean? I do any of it, but I understand. I do understand the reasons ultimately why we can't. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? I mean, who knows when when someone says, I don't understand why they don't just get back in a room. I wonder if any of us do anymore. Life's moved on, I suppose. And in terms of actually being a band creating music in this day and age with the lives we've all got now, um, I mean, my God, it was hard enough arranging enough rehearsals to put that thing on. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, you must have rehearsed hundreds of times. No. Do you know what I mean? Literally went through set about fucking five or six times <laughs> over the course of the entire two years. We were probably in a room together 10, 15 times. Not, 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 not even 15. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we just did that. So... I love that that one guy actually caught you guys. Um, you know, for those that don't know this, it's on a way earlier podcast. But I love the fact that one guy actually caught you guys rehearsing the very first time you guys started rehearsing, and he just heard you guys from another room. Was like, that sounds a lot like the music. <laughs> yeah, and it was just a, such a, an amazing coincidence that I I captured that as well. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, that was just such a brilliant moment. I don't know. There's a lot of what is in there, but sure. it's not something that I'm gonna ever close the door on entirely but I, and i can only ever speak for myself in that regard but yeah um it's something i can never close the door on myself and i'm making music all the time and there's plenty of stuff that suit the music that yeah. we could work on but you know everyone's doing different things now and i don't want anyone to well yeah i was actually going to say you've been pretty busy just on the solo stuff and i think there's plenty there to keep people uh you know satiated for for quite some time because uh man just some of the stuff that you share with me over the past couple of years, you, you've you've created literally multiple albums worth of great content. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, man. And that and that's yeah. the thing. Once I start, once I get going, it's gonna be. I'm gonna 
there's going to be stuff thick and fast, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. once the first album's out, the next one's going to be ready and there's all kinds of different type of stuff. And, you know, I've even got the uh, the sides, which is like my other project as well, which is a lot fucking heavier. And I've got all sorts of stuff going in that, on in that regard. But yeah, yeah, I just never say never in terms of anything. But, it, you know, I'd, I'd, you've got to manage people's expectations. I, I don't think new music in the way that people want it is going to happen. But there is unheard stuff, like I've said, and a lot of it is really fucking cool. But, you know, that don't, we'd, we'd never be in a position where we were touring that. Do you know what I mean? I think it'd just be like, if we're going to do stuff, it'd be one-off really cool fucking event shows like like we did at Temple News and, you know, mm-hmm. and um, maybe look to to find a way of, re, you know, reissuing all the bloody vinyls that people keep crowing on about. We'd love to do that. And we're looking into ways of doing that. And then not only that, at some point, I'd love to find a way of getting the the unheard stuff out there that's worth hearing because mm. there is plenty of it. But other than that, like I say, like I'm just, I'm focused on my stuff. If 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 the day came when the music became something that everyone was like, yeah, man, then it's like fucking, I'm there, I'm there with bells on, man. Don't you, you know, you don't have to wait for me. I'll be there. But until that day, I've I've got to put my creativeness in 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 what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? I, it's not, I can't sit around and wait for what yes. if I've got to crack on, man. And that sometimes when I'm talking about my own projects, people are like, oh yeah, forget that, do the music stuff. And it's like, look. I, I know that man, but I've got to be allowed to live and breathe and oh, yeah. like express myself, man. Like without you going, no, no, we don't want your stuff. We want to hear the music. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, That's fair. yeah, I I have rambled on plenty enough in this episode now, and uh, you'll have to see what you're able to actually edit together. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're coming close to the top of the hour, man. Uh, so it's been it's nice to finally have discussed some of the uh, onstage things at Temple Newsom. Uh, still plenty left to to chew on, I'm sure. But um, yeah, like I, I still have questions about after the show, you know, what conversations you guys had in general, uh, just some yeah. of your experiences, you know, after the gig. So I'm sure we could talk a lot about more. Like I told you, <laughs> some people were laughing about my tour to Kipax. We can, uh, you know, we can unpack that. I've actually got video and some clips like we can share. I still want to hear more about the uh, the rehearsals prior to the gig. So I think there's some yeah, stuff yeah, there, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's all that stuff to talk about and, um, and also the set list as well we talk about the oh, set yeah. list and there's been some interesting questions from other people but yeah um i'm sorry this, this episode lost focus at points and meandered but that's what, that's what i do in it but um yeah thank you very much to everyone for listening and um yeah we'll speak to you on the next one Okay, so this is 69 then, is it, yeah? It is. That's what she All said. Right. Okay, yeah, very funny. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dickhead, right before we start. <laughs> well, that's going to be on blooper, that, in it? Because I started recording. <laughs>